The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, yeah, we know we're uh, we know we're getting there, right? There are only there are only so many stories, uh, you know, between now and at the birth of Jesus. So uh, we're we're making our way really quite quickly here. Um, you know, Gabe, Gabriel's been pretty busy. Do you know he's he's had he's had a lot of work to do the past couple of days, Gabriel? Um, you know, but it, it, we get the sense you know he had a six month break. It was like not wasn't like one after the other, you know, but. I'm trying to, okay, anyway, so, it, yeah, it's okay. So, yeah, there is a, there is a lot going on in the passage, and um, it, I, I think, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know. I think, to begin with, there's all the Davidic themes are here, right? So, uh, we have a whole bunch of, you know, kingship-oriented realities, which is good for us because you know, as we, as we um, say, make that final run at Advent in preparation for the coming birth of Jesus, we're always going to remember who this is, right? This is the king of the Jews, certainly, right? He is, he is David's son. We look in the Psalms. David's son, who also is David's lord. Um, you know, we're going to see that, yeah, he is to rule over the house of Israel forever, his, his kingdom will have no end, right? And, and we know that his kingdom is already inaugurated. We know that his kingdom has already come, as it were, um, and, is, and is coming. So there's, there's enough here for us to say, okay, yeah, as I prepare my, my heart, my life for the coming of Jesus at Christmas, I'm preparing for the one who has absolute authority, over me, and the one who is due for me absolute allegiance. Yeah, I think one of the commentators on, on this passage rightly points out that um, some of the difficulty with, with accepting the virgin birth of Jesus is because if you take the whole complex of, of say, 
events or truths together, then you get that kind of thing, right? You get a king who has absolute authority over everyone. And who wants that? <laughs> you know, so better to, better to start denying it up front. Uh, better, better for me, I'm going to hold off on, on the virgin birth. Should, that can't possibly be a thing um, because I'd prefer to not have, be compelled to you know, live in complete allegiance uh, to, this, uh, to this king. I want to govern myself, as it were. But for those of us, I think we're, we're probably, the, we're probably the, the few, the proud, the ones who have governed themselves and realized that we do better with a, with a king, <laughs> and we do better with King Jesus, and then we still, have, we still are eager for, for his coming rule. Okay, let me, take it, let me take it a little bit different direction. We've had this passage a few times recently. Um, I think, yeah, so, oh, okay, one is I have to point out the, the parallel between Mary's response and Zechariah, right? And Mary's response is a faithful, how can this be? Right, Mary's is a, yeah, how do I grow into this? Right, I don't, I don't quite get it, but I trust. Zechariah is more like, I'm not, I'm not convinced, right? It's not, yeah, it's still not likely, even with the angel's uh, message. But Mary's very different. Right. How, how can this be? And then we see the continuation of her response to, to the angel. Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Right? She's striking out with real boldness and, and eagerness. And that's what we want to have cultivated in us this last week of Advent in preparation for, for Christmas. That, that boldness of Mary, the idea that we're going to, re, we're going to respond uh, when the call comes to us, whenever the call comes to us. Um, and it's coming to us all the time, right? The call to, to go beyond ourselves and to live um, according to, to the will of God, according to the demands of charity. That, and this is really where my reflection is this morning, is to say something like, um, I, I don't want to, I mean, I want to be kind of extreme with it. I want to say, God loves poverty. Yeah, God loves poverty. So he, it's not even that he, like, that God is, kind of like um, he's willing to endure it, right, or suffer it, like he's willing to suffer poverty. Actually, he goes out and finds it and embraces it. And, and, his, and his plans are always like weaved through the poor, right? And, and here, I mean, Mary is the, the example par excellence there, right? She, she is poor, you know, so... And God, it's, it's not a matter of like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'll do with this what I can. I can't do much because she's so poor. No, it's really the complete opposite, isn't it? It's like what can, and we see it also echo throughout the rest of the scriptures, is what can God do with the rich? Yeah. And, and he's, he, he's uh, somewhat committed to the idea that he can do very little with people who are rich. So anyway, this is the, then my point of, of adoration, yeah, is to say, God, you're, you're the God who loves poverty, right? So I'm praising God for the fact that he's the God who love, loves poverty, okay? And God who embraces the poor and works out his plan of salvation through the poor, the poor, especially, you know, really in the eyes of the world, yeah? So God, you're the God who loves poverty. But then I think, right, of course, contrition you know, am, am I embracing poverty? You know, you, I, I adore a, the God who loves poverty, 
And that then as, as soon as I've stopped that particular act of, of adoration, just try, I just think of all the ways that I'm going to fill myself up, right? So it's like, okay, God, you love poverty. Why does he love poverty? It be, it's because he himself, this is theologically a bit edgy, but God himself is, is poorness itself. Because he's, because he's total self-giving, right? At least in the eyes of the world, like redrawing those, those, those definitions. He's total self-giving. So his richness is to be totally given away, which is like we think of poor. He has nothing for himself. Well, God has nothing for himself to pouring himself out. So he's made us also in, in his image and likeness to be poor in the sense that he's made us to pour ourselves out. To give ourselves totally away, to have nothing for ourselves, but to live in like total um, ecstatic relationship, both with with God and, and with others. That means we have to we have to give ourselves away completely. That's and and so yeah. What what serves as a better reflection of that? Right, people who have everything, or people who have nothing. Now I'm. It's not. I'm not making like um. I'm not trying to make a, like a, a moral hierarchy out of, say, uh, material um, wealth or, or well-being, um, because I th- because I think that, of course, uh, we as rich people, and we're all I mean we're all rich, you know, we, we as rich people can also figure out how to give ourselves completely away. Yeah, everything we have and everything we are, we can figure out how to give ourselves away, and and there's great richness in that, in the in the poverty of self-giving. So again, then I can, okay, so I'm, I've done adoration. I'm walking you through acts, by the way. I don't, I don't know if anybody, caught, if anybody caught it. I was being sneaky, you know, but um, adoration, right? You're God who loves poverty. Praise, praise and love, love the God who loves poverty, right? Can I say this is also, for me, revolutionary? And maybe because I'm British, I don't like to say I love you, right? But, the, yeah, it is, <laughs> yeah, Chris, yeah, okay. The Italian, okay, great. So um, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, because I'm British, okay, I don't like to say I love you. But saying to God, I love you, is really transformative. So if you haven't done it recently, then try. You know, and also not just like say it, but let the heart speak to the heart of God. Let your heart speak to the heart of God. I love you, right? And Jesus said, love, cover, we, love covers a multitude of sins, right? It's like, love is it. So let the heart, let your heart speak to his heart. Okay. So anyway, I'm loving the God who loves poverty. I'm I'm seeing where I'm where I'm like not say that interest in living poverty. I'm just he's total outpouring of self. I want to fill myself up. This contrition. I'm I'm contrite on the point. And really, I want to pour myself out. I want to be filled up with God, with God alone. Yeah. And then Thanksgiving. Right. He's given us our our own corner of creation to pour ourselves out into right so this it's the uh the total self-giving that he that he's called us to in imitation of him and being made in his image and likeness we get to do in in the part in that corner of creation that he's entrusted to us so that that's our forum right so my my act of thanksgiving is to be thankful that i have this space to give myself and then of course the supplication asking god for what i need i'm asking god for what i need in order to keep pouring myself out yeah and this is what, again, Advent season is all about in preparation for the coming of the king, the king who is you know, the embodiment of, of radical generosity, the embodiment of self-giving love. 
And we have, of course, Mary, our, our mother and uh, model uh, in the faith to, to show us how it's done. Right? Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. What is her, what's her life going to look like? Yeah? I mean, it's a beautiful life. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Right? Jesus is born on the run in, a, in, the, in the lowliest of conditions. And she's going to have to watch her son get killed, right, in the, in the most horrific way, right? So, but here she is, right? She may or may not have any sense of, of that, what's coming. But here she is with real boldness and real commitment to the thing. Yeah, she's, she's eager to pour herself out. And she'll do it here, and she'll do it all the way to the end. And she does it even now for us. Right? So we get, we get to follow her in that, in that same pattern uh, as, as we live into uh, the call that God has on our lives with, uh, with King Jesus at the head, inspiring us, breathing his life into us uh, so, that, so that we can become more and more the reflection of, of God's radical generosity that he's made us to be.